Welcome to the podcast, Energy Medicine, where we are aligning your mind, body, and spirit with energy-based modalities. With your host, Dr. Mary Sanders, a medical intuitive and chiropractor. Let's join the podcast. Today on Energy Medicine, I will be joined by Lisa Erickson, an alchemic healer specializing in migraines. Over the last 20 years, she has studied with Barbara Brennan, Lynn McTaggart, Sadhguru, and Guru Jagat in the Rama Visionary Room. Lisa has cultivated a strong and devoted daily spiritual practice, which enhances her skills. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Dr. Mary, and I invite you to visit my website, www.drmarysanders.com, to download your free gift to boost your energy centers to experience more clarity, purpose, and vitality. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to today's show. With me today is Lisa Erickson. Lisa brings to us a unique blend of healing modalities that, when combined, creates powerful transformation. It is a multiverse when you enter the field of Lisa Erickson and her magic. It's a world full of healing, gemstones, essences, sound vibrations, cymatic, and wisdom lineages. Lisa Erickson is a master alchemist who transforms everything into gold. In the intro, I've already mentioned the great teachers with whom Lisa has trained with over the last 20 years. I feel so very fortunate that she is with us today because she brings wisdom, personal experience, and love and compassion to her approach. The title of today's podcast is The Energetics Behind a Migraine. Welcome, Lisa. I really appreciate you making time out of your busy schedule to be here today on the podcast, Energy Medicine. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I can't tell you how excited I have been for our episode for a multitude of reasons, but let me share with you. I have been a practicing chiropractor for over 28 years. And so, as you know, the number two reason that people show up in my office is due to headaches, right? Mm. The number one reason is low back pain. So I know that migraines is a classification of headaches, and I know there's various different types of migraines, and there are reasons for migraines. And quite honestly, I have experientially, uh, I have the awareness in my practice to know that very rarely is a migraine a structural issue, meaning that the complexity of the origins of the migraines is way more complex than the traditional medical society gives credit to. So I know that you're going to be providing some insights today about what a migraine is and how you have do-it-yourself kind of home remedies and looking at some of the energetics behind it. And I'm just looking forward to hearing your personal journey. I mean, I think it's unfortunate that we, as beautiful spirits living in human homes, have to go through these kind of tumultuous experiences. But thankfully, you have taken the lessons and now you're kind of paying it forward so that other people might be able to kind of spare themselves of living with migraines for as many years as you have. So I'll be quiet. And I just really want to hear from you as to what your personal journey has looked like. Well, thank you. I did not know that the second reason people come to see you is because of migraines and headaches. But I would agree that sometimes there's migraines caused by structural stuff. 
I don't know if it would be classified as a comorbid condition of something else, like not in alignment. So when I speak about migraine, and I'm going to tell you about my journey in a minute, I think it's important for me to speak to it as like the pure kind of a migraine, even though there might be like nine different classifications and nine different kinds of headaches. So I'm just going to kind of speak to them all because I think I felt a lot of them, not all of them, but I think that I had a lot of them. So I wasn't born with migraine. My migraine journey started, it seemed to start with headaches related to my teeth. And I use the word steam. And then they kind of grew in intensity and pain and length and how and where and all that stuff. And so it got to a point where they became chronic. And thing that just popped into my head right now is, I'm married 20 years, but I was married before. And they seemed to get worse when I was married the first time. (laughs) And I was like, great. Not great. We're getting divorced. I was very upset, but I was like, okay, so that's over. They're going to go away. That would be nice. But that's not how it happened. And then fast forward a couple more decades, I had spent time looking into how could I heal myself. And the thing is, is I don't even like using that word heal anymore. I feel like it's more of a holding, really just kind of replenishing those pieces of me to make me more whole, but it's all already there. So I don't feel like, I mean, most people use the word healing, but anyways, if you hear me use the word holding, it's just how I speak now. And I'm a mom of four and my oldest son, you would get like regular headaches And then during that time, I had studied to try to heal myself or hold myself, but I just really couldn't quite, like I would come up to the plate and I feel I would get close and I would feel better. But then I was never really able to cross through that threshold until my daughter, who at the time, she's 16 now, but at the time she was seven or eight and she came downstairs with old school crocheted blankie and she had her tattered blankie and I just knew. And she had her blankie up to her face and she's like, mommy, you know, my eyes hurt. Mommy, the light makes me want to throw up. Mommy, uh, my belly feels, you know, like, and I was like, oh no, 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 please God. No, 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 no. I mean, this was a migraine as migraine as a migraine can be. And in that moment, I just was like, whatever it takes, like not on my dime. This kid is not going to fast forward to 40 years later, get chronic, like follow in my footsteps. We all know that migraine can be genetic, but from my lens, those genetics are only switched on by the environment, whatever that environment is. So in that moment, I literally committed to finding a solution for my daughter. And let me tell you, it was a very selfish undertaking. Yes, I wanted to make her feel better, but as a parent, I could not stand the feeling of hopelessness to help my child. Because at that time, there were no migraine coaches. You know, we're led to believe that there's nothing you can do. And in my 35-year quest of trying to, you know, heal myself, and I tried. Like I went to the depths and back trying to figure this whole mystery out. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was committed. And so this is like one of the key energetic. It's a very complex 
cascading of events that's going on in the body, but it is not a mystery. You can't get rid of a migraine, right? So like we're energy workers. We all know that you can't create or destroy energy. You have to transform it. And so I ended up, and I have no idea how, I ended up literally looking at all my research one day. And then these patterns just started jumping off the page. And it's really funny because I remember hearing, I think from Dr. Phil, of all people, like, you always have what you need. And so I was like, okay. Because in sixth grade, I used to love watching Oprah and Dr. Phil. And so that stuck with me. I was like, okay, if I always have what I need, I've been looking for a solution for so long. I must already have it. And that's what popped out at me. And I ended up creating a really fabulous migraine pain reliever that was nourishing to the nervous system. And I also was working with a woman and she did ask me the question. She's like, Lisa, why were you able to do this? Why were you able to punch through to the other side with these solutions for your daughter, but you couldn't do it for yourself? So then that left me like with a deep inquiry into myself as to why could I do it for her and not me? And it does make me a little emotional because I love my children so much. And now I love me just as much, but I didn't at the time. So one of the things that was able to pull me forward to create and receive these solutions was something greater than myself. And that, you know, that was a mother's love. Mm. What a powerful story that you're sharing with us, Lisa. I am not a mother, but what I can imagine is that the energetic mirror that in their frequency and the resonance that you experience just having the same DNA makeup, it's knowing that if your daughter can heal from migraines, that you have the opportunity to embrace that as well. For the listeners, I want to go back to a comment that Lisa made earlier when we were talking about migraines being like a neurological disorder that happens within the physical body. But Lisa started to talk about, yes, there is a genetic makeup or a predisposition that can be passed on from generation to generation. She made the point of saying that the genetic predisposition is not going to be activated or turned on, were the words that Lisa used, unless there's a triggering event within the environment. And so, and I think that's really important for listeners to understand that the environment can be the emotional stability. The environment can be a reflection of your relationship. So I think that what Lisa is bringing to our awareness is that we get to be mindful of our environment and how we carry it as to how it manifests or can trigger diseases or dysfunction within the physical body. The second point that Lisa was talking about, and she's using the word holding. And so she was saying, I don't really like the word healing. I'm going to use the word holding. And Lisa and I are both energetic healers. And so we speak the same language. We may use different terms. And so I think it's worthy of exploring the definition of holding when I think of utilizing the space, the energetic space surrounding us and within us to as a command center, we get to reclaim all pieces, parts, 
of our self, of our essence that's available to us in a sacred container. And I think that the container is what Lisa is referring to as holding, meaning that she, at the time that she was dealing with her son's migraines and her daughter's migraines, perhaps she would reach the threshold of being available at 100% essence, and then she might fragment off and then not be able to hold herself at that capacity to heal her own migraine. Does that resonate with what you're sharing with us, or is there any clarification you want to bring to the table? Yes, and yes. So when I say whole, I'm speaking of W-H-O-L-E. Okay. Are you saying hold H-O-L-D? That's what I heard it. So yes, thank you for the classification. So, But I love what you said because (laughs) I never actually thought about it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And so the love I have for my, let's say my daughter in this case, did allow me to expand that current holding pattern in my field. And what I was saying is I was using the term whole, like W-H-O-L-E, in reference to what you were saying earlier about restoring pieces of us that have like fragmented off, like soul fragments type of Mm -hmm. a deal. Yeah, I guess. And since we're talking on this level and using this language, when you talk about genetics and the genetic predisposition, that's multi-layered. So we know that we have memories stored within our cerebellum, memories that are ours this lifetime and memories of previous lifetimes. We have memories of the DNA that comprises the 12 generations that came before us. That's over 1,100 different genetic strands that we're picking up and we're physically holding within our body, not to mention the culture. Mm -hmm. of the upbringing and the environment and the karmic and the universal stuff that we pick up. I mean, all of that stuff is stored within the body as far as the genetics of what we bring to the table, especially when it comes to migraines. Yeah, it's massive. (laughs) It is massive. And so when you go to a traditional MD and you say, hey, listen, I have migraines, especially Again, you know, women get are more predisposed to getting migraines than men. Many times the woman, the female in the MD's office may not feel as empowered as she ought to or could be. And he may say, ah, you're just hormonal. Or perhaps it's another something that you have no control over where it's disempowering to possibly just take the pharmaceuticals and try to cover up the symptoms of the migraine versus get to the core root of it. So Lisa, can you share like more about the depths of the energetics behind a migraine? Yes. So every migraine is infinitely different. Just if you think about the biochemistry of a person changes minute to minute, day to day, hour to hour, you know, year to year. So While I work with people individually, I will speak like kind of on a broader spectrum that there are patterns that I've seen in working with hundreds of people. And there's a certain mindset that pervades the 12% of the population that are afflicted with migraines because society keeps saying there is no cure. And I'm not saying that I found a cure. Like, you know, I'm not 
saying that. However, I've got like a 98% success rate in helping people either manage, reduce, or completely transform their migraine altogether. So that That's being phenomenal. said, yeah, over That's 10 phenomenal. years, yeah, I'm, I'm humbled by it, really, because I love talking about this. <laughs> because people are living under the context that I can't get better, no matter what I do, no matter what medicine, it never goes away. I have them 24-7, and I get that because I lived that experience for years. So there's four things that I would ask people, you know, when they think about even like opening themselves up to the question, well, what if, what if this is not the way my life was supposed to be? What if I actually could feel better? Then there are things that are running in the background that say, well, I can't afford it. I could feel worse. So it's like the devil I know is better than the devil I don't know. Some people, believe it or not, subconsciously don't even want to get better, you know, which that's a hard pill to swallow. There's a payoff that like by not getting better and even the pain, it's like making the nervous system feel alive in a certain way. And there is the, well, I don't want to, or why should I? And then there's also the blame outside of themselves that something else caused this to them. And I say this with love, but there's a very strong victim vibe. And, you know, again, it was something that I was familiar with. I would blame certain things that I was feeling on other people rather than taking full responsibility for this brutal pain for so long, you know, like, mm -hmm. because I just didn't know better. Mm -hmm. Pain is really tricky, physiologically and psychologically. Because if you live with it long enough, you're just convinced that you're going to live the rest of your life in pain. Yeah. And then the mindset behind it that you're talking about, you know, people get addicted to their stories. You know, the victimization role that you were just discussing is that people will rehash and retell the stories, right? And that gets ingrained within the neurological system. And then what ends up happening is that there is a chemical addiction to the neuropeptide that are generated from the emotional state. Mm -hmm. So whether somebody, you know, can say intellectually and from a conscious level, I have migraines and I will always have migraine, even that they know in their mindset that that may not be the truth. But if they're saying it enough times, then it's going to be ingrained within the body as a cellular memory of the truth. Yeah, unfortunately. And it does change people very deeply. And what I hear a lot is, I just resigned myself and figured I'd learn, I'd have to learn how to live with it, which I also operated with that thought pattern for a very long time. And that's exhausting. It is. In people who experience migraine, they're, it's like their nervous system is both overwhelmed and underwhelmed. And it's like they're driving with one foot on the brake and one foot on the gas. It seems like there's no space to even enter into feeling better. And then there's what's even more pervasive is the anxiety of the next attack. You know, and if you have chronic migraines, you could bank on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's two ways you could do this to interrupt your pain. So one way is 
you could meet the pain directly. And the other way is you could start building another pathway that nourishes your system in a way that when the migraine pattern, you know, activates in the body, you have enough inner nourishment. And for me, it's always, it's, it's physical, it's mental, emotional, spiritual, and psychological. It's like, you almost have to embalm your field with all these nourishing things specific to what the migraine really needs. And the migraine is asking something of the person. So another real deep, you know, energetic is can you shift yourself, which is a big ask of people to seeing the pain is actually a teacher of like, what is being asked of me in this moment? And when I was able to, to meet myself there, that's when the remedy, the recipe for the remedy popped in. And so one of the things was I created this remedy that replenished a very depleted and dehydrated nervous system. And so like when most people who I've worked with, when they're experiencing migraines, it's like going, if you were in a war and you had to go into battle and you had like no helmet, no guns, no bunker, no support, like no way of protecting yourself at all. It's like, you might as well throw up the, what is it? The white flag or the red flag and just surrender into the pain because it's going to take its course. So what I decided to do was to like really armor myself with everything I possibly could so that when it hit, it wasn't further depleting me. And I actually had extra juice in my nervous system, in my mindset, in my spiritual, you know, faith and practice, you know, that I could actually feed it. It sounds kind of weird, but it was actually like the migraine wasn't taking me out anymore. I had nourished and hold my system enough so that the pattern was still very active, still very entrained in my body after 35 years. So it wasn't going to go away right away. And as I fed it, every time it would kind of, when it would emerge, it would like quiet back down. It was almost like I was feeding like the sleeping giant and I would put it back to sleep. And then I would continue to do my energy work and my mindset work and you know, eat right, sleep right, exercise right, like all these basic things. But it does take more than the basic things to be able to transform a migraine, Mm -hmm. you know? And Lisa, I hear you saying that you have in your remedy, in your toolbox, you have nourishing tools that you do that on a regular basis that keep the migraines at bay because you have a respect for how that happened. Can Mm -hmm. you share some of the nourishing tools that you're referring to that help you to reset your central nervous system? Sure. So I have a very strong daily practice. Call it what you want. I mean, I wake up around five uh, naturally, but I didn't when I was experiencing migraines. In fact, I would wake up in pain already waiting for the night to come, you know? So I wake up. I have meditated for over 25 years. It wasn't easy for the first 10 (laughs) because I wasn't actually meditating correctly. I was just kind of doing relaxation 
or I, I, I don't know. I was just sitting there. I don't even know what I was doing really. Right now I know what I'm doing. And I was working with the product that I created, which I don't actually even work with much. I haven't in the last five years. Um, I just don't need to because I have really replenished myself. I exercise daily, but I know that for people who have a migraine, when they exercise, there's actually a migraine, an exercise migraine induced or migraine induced exercise. And that's because I think they don't have the electrolytes to expend. So they're going and they're working out and they're sweating and they're doing all these things, but there's no replenishment. So there's that. I actually don't drink water. I have ne- I mean, I love water. I have cultivated a beautiful relationship with it now. But even when I started drinking more water, the migraine didn't go away. And that's because the, some of the water that we drink now, it's not what you call structured. It doesn't have any intelligence. It just goes in. And I think that people who say, uh, like, hydrating is not just drinking water. Hydrating is replenishing the minerals and stuff that's lost. So when people with migraine drink a ton of water, we migrainers pee out like 50% more what a normal person does. And that's because the cells can't hold the water. So if we're just drinking the water, all we're doing is what's called salt dumping, just dumping, 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 dumping the little bit of hydration we have and doing daily mindset work, like really taking something that strikes me and working with it, thinking about it, and most importantly, practicing it. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just, you can hear something and you can feel it inside as truth, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have skin in the game. Just because you have pain doesn't mean you don't have to have any skin in the game. Like there's work that needs to be done. So because I'm in it for the long game, I showed up for myself every single day. And I was, but I, you know, I think I was born with that mindset because seriously, 35 years of chronic migraine and I'm still at it trying to figure it out. Um, but it, it did pay off for me. And so though I would say that those are the biggies, a lot of outside, a lot of stillness, a lot of inner inquiry you know, eating well, sleeping well, not too much water or drinking water that was actually had hydration in it. And and the biggie, the biggie is learning how to be really present and continuing to presence myself, even with the pain. I would like to share with people that being in pain or having chronic pain or migraine, it doesn't mean that you're weak. Actually, very powerful people not a forcing over. It's like an internal power. Those people are so powerful that they're able to still walk with the pain. Not in spite of it, not warrior up to fight it, to actually be with it, inquire it, and take action, little action. It doesn't have to be big, bold moves, but little action towards nourishing yourself. I keep saying this word nourishing because really the what we're really asking ourselves is to to nourish, nourish these pieces physically, mm-hmm. mentally, you know, the whole, the whole nine. When you say um, one of the biggest components is staying present, having present time consciousness. For some of our listeners, they're, they're wondering, what does that 
look like for you? I know you're a meditator and I know that, you know, that can bring you in back into being in present time consciousness, but can you share a little bit more, maybe even some tools about how you stay present? (laughs) Yeah. So meditation presence is completely different than being (laughs) present with, you know, anything that's going on in your life. Right. So I'll give you an example. And I, and I think it might land that way better. So let's say you're married. Okay. So you're married. You you have a partner. So let's say you're married or you can, you can swap in your kids, whatever, or a boss, you can swap, you can, you can change the picture specific to you. So let's say you're in the kitchen and your spouse comes in or your kids come in or you're at work and your boss comes in and they start talking to you and like become aware of yourself of how long you can actually feel like grounded and present in that moment before you start turning tuning out so for example you know let's say my kids or my husband come in the kitchen one time i clocked myself with like 10 seconds before i started washing the counters putting the dishes away like like i totally checked out i wasn't it wasn't on purpose it was not on purpose. And now in hindsight, I actually feel super bad because I would do it all the time. Like not really like listening half ass, but not really listening. And I wasn't present. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, if you were in a boardroom with your boss and he starts talking about something or she or she starts talking about something, like, do you start scribbling? Do you start checking your phone? Like how long can you remain there with all your senses in relationship with that person? in that space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is eye-opening. It's challenging. I have to agree because I was chuckling as I was listening to your story, you know, again, with my spouse. He can come in and start dialoguing with me and then I have to interrupt him and say, Eric, I physically heard you, but I couldn't say, I couldn't tell you the context of what it is that you were trying to share with me. Can you start over, please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, exactly. and, and, he, and he knows. He knows that, you know, it's not uncommon for me to... Uh, to leave my body or to, you know, to disassociate that way and not, you know, process information. So that, that's a beautiful example. And that I would say the biggest, that's a big energetic practice. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. Grounding is more important than what, it sounds so rudimentary, so elementary. It sounds so easy and simple that everybody should be able to ground. But in quite honestly, it is one of the most important energetic tools that I could ever hold space for anybody else exploring. Mm-hmm. So I want, I have a question for you and it's kind of a complex question. And, and I've been, I've been, I have seen patterns, okay. in uh, holding space energetically for people that are experiencing headaches and, and migraines and pain. But for you specifically, with your background and your training with Barbara Brennan and how she uses the various different uh, characterology, the various different body types, Mm -hmm. do you see a higher prevalence of people that are perhaps schizoid, um, that have a schizoid body type? Do you see them as having a higher prevalence of headaches? And and for the for the listeners, and I'm sure that um, Lisa will be able to share more details of it. But essentially, um, Barbara Brennan talks about the arrestment of physical development based upon where original wounds happen for young people. 
And so you can have wounds within utero in early afterlife and that's a schizoid wound. And then you can have a later in life and that's going to be your, help me out. What's the next wound? It's not, it's oral, then there's orality and then there's masochism when you're force feeding or potty training and then you have psychopathy and then you have rigidity. And so there are body types that um, align with these various different uh, definitions that Barbara Brennan uses and each of those definitions kind of runs or those body types runs their energy differently. And so the reason I asked about the schizoid is that they're notorious for allowing the energy stream to leave their body and to disassociate. And, and I personally, you know, look at the seventh chakra and look at the sixth chakra and try to, you know, look at what's happening in the calibration of these energy centers as it relates to chronic pain. So my question's in there somewhere, Lisa, can you hear what I'm trying to ask? Do you, have you yeah. seen patterns energetically? And the year that you've been holding space for people energetically experiencing chronic pain and headaches. Yeah. So <laughs> I know what you're asking. And yes, I would say that there's a very, it's a little, the percentage, if I was to look at, if I, I've never really you're asking this. So yes, I would say it would be heavier on the schizoid, but what I would really posit is while it can be ancestral, what I find with most, and again, everybody's so different, you know, so someone might say, well, you know, I know that's not me and it might not be. I find that there's, Two real things. One is it's more of a mother wound. Hmm. Even if the father. And okay, so when I say a mother wound, it doesn't mean you're a bad mother or I'm a bad mother or I had a bad mother. It doesn't mean that I'm a good mother or I had a good mother or it's like it's independent of how the mother actually parented. What it is, is, is there is a lack of attunement that can begin in utero, supported by the ancestral lineage. And there is very early on, and I say three or under, three to utero, weaving in the ancestral stuff, that the person who experiences migraine late in life did not have the attunement that their energetics Bio, like all the things what they came into this world needing so you could have the best mother in the world and you still might have migraines and you could have the worst mother in the world and not get migraines because it's not your lineage you know like so mm -hmm. there's that mm -hmm. and then what the environmental soup that the child is infused in so a lot of times People with migraine will willingly surrender their needs so that somebody else can receive. And it's not that the parents ask them. It, it's just like this innate thing as a kid because their nervous systems aren't, you know, mature enough to really, you know, see and interpret 
what's really happening. And then subsequently the parents might not have the awareness to actually see what's going on and like, you know, help them or, you know, communicate to them. Like, this isn't your responsibility. We don't, you know, it's very nice. It's noble of you, but like Mm -hmm. you have needs too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so there are these basic needs that people with migraine, it's one of the things I feel like they surrender early on and it, it might manifest later into migraine. They might just start off with headaches. It might look like bad stomach aches. Mm-hmm. And so to answer your question about um, disassociating for the body, like you could have bad stomach aches because mom and dad fight real bad. And that's just, it just feels so nauseous. You just want to throw up. And so it goes up to the head. Mm-hmm. When Carolyn Mace was still doing readings mm-hmm. and before you know, I was able to poke through. I remember waiting, waiting on the phone to talk to her because I knew she wasn't going to do it. And this is before I had any idea of anything. And I got on the phone <laughs> with her and, she, and she's, she's, I said, okay, so I have these chronic migraines, you know, like how do, how do I get rid of them? Or that was going to be my question. I, f- I forget what I typed in because it, it was like with um, Hay House, you called in on the phone at this point. Right, right. And She starts to explain to me that my particular version of a migraine, I felt responsible for everybody and everything, even though I wasn't conscious of that. But, you know, in hindsight, hindsight's a great, great place to check out to see what actually is going on. And she said it was like all this energy would just swoosh up like a geyser through my head and out. And then. And then she asked me, so what was I going to do about it? And I was like a deer in headlights. I'm like, what do you mean am I going to do about it? This is why I'm calling you, you know? And then true to Carolyn May's form, she says, well, if you don't do something about it, I'm going to hold your head in the toilet and I'm going to flush it. (laughs) (laughs) But that's her, you know? If you know who she is, it sounds just like her. Like she's her grandma. That's classic. Absolutely classic. Lisa, there's so much vulnerability in, in, in hearing you share your story. And I hear the wisdom. More importantly, I feel the wisdom that you have acquired by going through the depths of understanding and really embracing the origin of your, not only your migraines, but your children's and then holding space for other people. So I know that our listeners are wondering uh, above and beyond, you know, like your normal website, which all that information, all of Lisa's information will be included into the show notes. I know you have a couple of cool programs coming up, so I'd like for you to share a little bit about those and uh, the best way, the easiest way for listeners to contact you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So the best way to get a hold of me is, uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, Lisa Erickson, Facebook. Lisa Erickson and on Instagram at migraine magic 911 and magic is spelled with a K. And the reason I called my brand migraine magic is because when I was able to stack and compound all these pieces, which, you know, we only barely scraped the surface, that's when I felt good for the first time. And that's why I named it magic. So when people come through my door, transforming the migraine, that's just a little bit of what we do. Like that's bare, like that's huge in and of itself. But like, I just want to 
get past that because then we get to have a lot of fun. So what would happen is, is people would come to me for the migraine. And once we got that in check, it was like that all that energy that they had that was cut out to deal with the migraine was then free. And I would say, so what do you want to do now? And he'd be like, I don't know. Like they really had forgotten though. That's the thing. Like they had forgotten Mm -hmm. what they even, what lit them up. So then I started coaching, like, how, how do you want to deliberately create your life? And I would weave in all these things. And then we would go on this journey. And if a migraine popped up, we would deal with it on the fly. We would keep it going. We would do a lot of fun stuff. So I've intentionally, I intentionally, you know, create my life because I'm the oldest I'm ever going to be right now. And I'm the wisest I'm ever going to be in this moment. And then there's the next and the next. And I want to make the rest of my life the best. So one of the things that's coming up in two weeks is I am hosting a three. I don't know. Like I always overgive. So I'm going to start at three. I have a feeling it might go five. It's like a five day course with how to really like intentionally create and manifest whatever it is you want through the nervous system. And I'm going to make it in such a way that there's no way anyone can say, I don't know how, like for real, it's all the things, everything that I learned my whole life condensed into that. So that's really fun. And then around mother's day, I'm going to be offering a really beautiful program. It's going to help illuminate that mother wound and provide all the, um, and provide so much nourishment on so many levels, including like one of my remedies. And in the, in, I mean, you can have a migraine or you can not have a migraine. This is for everybody because I don't just work, you know, with people with migraine. But I'm really looking forward to that because these two things alone, besides my one-on-one, they're life-changing. If you're, if you're someone who says, just tell me how and I'll do it, this is it. I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to show you how, and you're going to know who you're being on the back end. Because if you like, if you're going to exercise class and you really don't want to go and you're not really giving it your all, like who are you being in that moment versus, okay, I'm going to do this. I know it's for my good. I might not like it, but I'm going to do it. And I'll give you a quick and dirty example. Like I stopped exercising for a very long time, which was a big mistake because when you have daily moments of its momentum and then it stacks and it compounds and all of a sudden you're in shape, you're that size that you wanted to be, you're ready, you know, for the summer. So I said, okay, I am going to do, because I know my limits, (laughs) I'm going to do 10 minutes of abs, right? Pilates. I used to do an hour of Pilates every day. When I say I fell off the wagon, I really fell off the wagon. And then it would come and I'd be like, oh, I don't want to do this. So rather than let myself down fully, I would say, who am I being in this moment? And I'd say, okay, well, if I try to do 10, I know I won't. So I'm going to do five. I know I can do five minutes of abs. I know I can do it. It'll be over like that. And as long as I do it, it's done. I won't feel bad that I won't compound feeling bad with mad. Like I should have done it. I knew I could have like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a of compound emotion. So yeah, that's what I have available right now. 
Well, I have to say, as I listen to you and I tap into your frequency about the creation of these transformative opportunities, I they feel really yummy to me. So um, I'm looking forward to those people that are going to be attending. And I know that Lisa is in uh, Massachusetts, so know that she has offerings both in person and remotely, and you'll see those on her website as well. So Lisa, I just have to express a tremendous amount of gratitude. It has been purely a pleasure to have you as a guest on Energy Medicine Podcast. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Much gratitude. And listeners, please stay tuned and we'll be right back after this short message. You have been listening to the podcast, Energy Medicine, where we are aligning your mind, body, and spirit with energy-based modalities. For more information about Dr. Mary Sanders or our podcast, please check out our website at www.drmarysanders.com. Thank you for listening.